When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. We are powered by SeatGeek. I'm Jared Weiss. This is Jimmy Toscano. What up? And the Bucks just beat the Celtics on a Malcolm Brogdon game winner to win it 103 to 100 with just a couple seconds left. A great, great, great play by Malcolm Brogdon. We're going to talk about that, but before we talk about it, I want to tell you about SeatGeek. If you want to get tickets to the Celtics game, especially when they're in the playoffs, yes. and it's not easy to get tickets in the playoffs, no. you're going to go to SeatGeek. You're going to go to the settings, you're going to enter the promo code Garden Report, and you're going to get a $20 rebate. You're going to need purchase. that 20 bucks because the tickets go bucks. up in the playoffs, folks. And beer is very expensive at the Garden. That's so true, I think true. it's like $30 for a Coors Light. <laughs> like $100 beers, for a totally glass of it. Hennessy, I think. Totally worth it. So, totally worth it was Malcolm Brockton. That was a good draft pick that totally the Bucks made it. in the second round. Uh, because 36 overall, I'd say so. He was so good closing this game. They yeah. ran – I mean, the way that they ran their offense in the closing minutes was incredible. The Celtics made a big run when Isaiah Thomas checked back into the game with, like, was it seven minutes or so, yeah, I like think, mid-way-ish. left in the fourth quarter. The Celtics were retaking control after the Bucks had stole it back. And then Malcolm Brogdon just absolutely went off. A clinical offensive system that they ran there at the end of the game. And they're, they're a scary team. They're a very scary team. Yeah. And he had a very scary shot, a play in which they defended it pretty much perfectly. Greg Monroe gets the ball around the top of the key area. They managed to handle that perfectly, but then the ball gets back to Brogdon. Brogdon is smothered by Avery Bradley driving across the court. He is like he it looks like the play's pretty much over. He pulls up for a shot. Bradley is dagger. completely underneath him, and he buries a shot. It was the biggest moment of Brogdon's career. Big boy shot from a big boy player. Not a rookie, according to Brad Stevens, and he's meant that in the nicest way possible. And Giannis Antetokounmpo actually said that as well. Did he? I told him that Stevens said that. He said, great minds think alike. <laughs> you do get that vibe. You do get an impression by watching him. When he's out there on the court, he's just the way he moves, the confidence level. And the reason for that is, yeah, he is technically a rookie. He's 24 years old. He played five years of college basketball, redshirted a year. Um, this guy is more mature than a lot of NBA players who have been in the league for years. I mean, James Young is 21. I mean, think about that. He's older than Giannis. Yeah, okay, yeah, think about that. I mean, this guy is poised, cool, calm, collected, and he's been that way from the start of the season. I mean, this is a guy who some people think should be Rookie of the Year, and I'm actually on that I'm on that train. I'm saying Brogdon for Rookie of the Year. I know he might have might not have as many points as a guy like Dario Sarge, but he's first in assists. He's first in steals. I think he's like second. Or, I think he's third or fourth in points, so he's not far off. He's second in three-point field goals, second in minutes. He's playing on a playoff team. I mean, he's played seventy-two out of seventy-three out of seventy-five. I mean, I keep going on and on about this guy. This Please guy do. is definitely rookie of the year worthy. Um, I would be surprised if he doesn't make a, at least make a really good run for it. And he, tonight was just exhibit A of, of the type of player that he is. He's clearly first team. He's the point guard on the first team. Jamal Murray's been really good too. So I mean, 
those guys have already healed. You can figure out how to arrange that. But uh, before the game, we were having this debate, obviously, with a bunch of other writers, uh, Dario Saric or Malcolm Brogdon for Rookie yeah. of the Year. I was saying definitely, I definitely still think it's Saric. I don't know if it's recency bias or I'm still excited from a great game, but right. I'm really leading towards Malcolm Brogdon right now. I mean, he's leading, make a, good case he's leading a playoff team. He's right. running the offense for a playoff team. Talk, I talked to Chris Middleton about him. I talked to Giannis about him, talking to Jason Terry. They all say that Brogdon, is, that especially after Parker went down, you know, that was something big that Giannis told me. I asked him about this specifically, mm-hmm. is that Brogdon has stepped up and filled that void. I mean, he said Toledovich has two, but come on, let's be real. It's, it's Malcolm Brogdon's team along with Giannis right now. Chris being back is obviously really helpful. Right, but to that. have a rookie point guard that can beat the number one team in the league, not just by hitting that game-winning shot, but the way that they really manufactured the offense. He was doing a great job of dribble penetrating and hitting right. backdoor cutters, stuff like that. That was really, really good quality half-court offense there. Yeah, it wasn't just the three-point shot. I mean, I think he had a steal a little earlier, right before that. I mean, he steals the ball. He had some assist, some really nice assists tonight. He had his hand in everything. I think he accounted for most, if not all, of the Bucks points down the stretch. Um, and like I said, you know, a guy coming in to a hostile environment in a big stage, his team's fighting for a playoff position. For him to play that way, it just speaks volumes about, you know, where he is, you know, at this stage in his M- at this early, early stage of his NBA career. Okay, so quickly, we'll talk about... Also, in the no? year of the triple-double, oh. only one rookie has a triple-double. Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jalen Brown or something. No, or Malcolm, just Brogdon. Oh, okay. Malcolm Brogdon. Not bad. <laughs> uh, okay, quickly, before we go to part two and talk about the stars in this game, okay. Isaiah and Giannis, let's talk about the other point guard that was... Well, you know, while Malcolm Brogdon is smooth as ice, Marcus Smart is a you rough You wouldn't use board. that word. Yeah, you wouldn't use smooth with Marcus. So Marcus <laughs> Smart is a – he was explosive tonight. The play that really defined that ge- the end of the game there was the t- flagrant foul where he yeah. got knocked over by, um, you know, one Twitter – Tried to fo- untie his shoe after. Yeah, something. one person on Twitter <laughs> cursed me out for saying that he flopped. I went oh, back to the tape. Oh. I think he flopped. I talked to Giannis after the game. Giannis was like – I think he flopped. Yeah. Giannis I mean, was saying that he was flopping It wouldn't be out of the much. realm of possibilities exactly. that he would do something so like that. So he flopped. There was no question about that. Um, but you know, Giannis did acknowledge that he did make contact with him. Yep. But uh, he got called for a flagrant one for grabbing Giannis's ankle. Which is a gift, actually. Giannis, he could have got t- technical for that and kicked out of the game. I know, right? But the funny thing was Giannis said that he didn't even know that Marcus grabbed him. All he noticed was that Marcus was flopping too much, and he oh. said he got to the free throw line, and he asked the refs, "Why am I at the free throw line? What, like, what happened?" <laughs> and they had to explain to him that there was a flagrant foul. He had no idea what was going on. I guess it couldn't have been that bad if he had no idea why I was at the uh, free throw line. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, there's a—I forget who I was talking to about this, but I was saying that Marcus Smart at the end of this game is going to get an offensive rebound, a putback. It's going to be crucial. And as I was saying that, he grabbed an offensive rebound right. and got a putback. And that's that was the way that he was playing tonight. He wasn't hitting his right. shots. His half-court yeah, offense wasn't really working. But he crushed the boards. boards yeah. he, had a, he tied a career high with 11 boards. He had, I think it was a second double-double of the season. Mm. I mean, tonight was one of those nights where Smart really had to put his stamp on the game physically. Yeah, and that's why he's going to be in the game at that, at that. It doesn't matter if they're long or if the opponent, you know, if they're playing small. Marcus Smart's going to be on the court late in those games because he makes those plays. He makes those quote unquote winning plays. And whether that's an offensive rebound or a big steal or, you know, he's, his, his court visions has been excellent this season, I think, as well. So he's a guy who can do it all. The shot is still not falling the way anybody wants it to fall. Another rough shooting night, 4 of 15, 1 of 7 from three point range. So that's where he does still hurt you. But, again, if he wasn't doing all, all those other things, those little, quote-unquote little things that aren't really that little, we, we all notice them, and they're, 
Very they were big, big moments. Yeah, they were very big moments, but he makes a lot of them. That's why he's on the court. All right, well, we'll be right back on the Garden Report. Don't forget to go to Seek. You can use the promo code Garden Report. We'll be right back before they tear us apart up here. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Jimmy Toscano from the Garden Report, and I want to talk to you about something near and dear to my face. I'm talking about my Harry's razor. Since I've switched to Harry's, I've seen and felt better and smoother results on my precious face. If you've watched the Garden Report lately, and I hope you have, you definitely notice that I'm looking clean cut. I'm looking good. And it starts with a clean shave. Harry's was started by two guys, Jeff and Andy, who were fed up with being overcharged for razors. So they decided to start their own razor company to give guys everywhere what they deserve. A great shave at a fair price. They bought a factory with 100 years of blade making experience so they could make their own high quality razors, sell them online, and ship them directly to you for half the price of the leading brand. Harry's razors includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. I'm talking five German engineered blades, that's right, German, a lubricating strip, a flex hinge for a comfortable glide, trimmer blade for hard to reach places, we're not going to get into that, and weighted ergonomic handles. All this for $2 a blade compared to the $4 or more you'll pay at the drugstore. So listen up. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they want you to try their most popular trial set for free. I said it, free, folks. It comes with a razor handle of your choice, five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel. It's free when you sign up. All you got to do is pay for the small fee for shipping. To redeem your free trial offer, go to harrys.com slash gardenreport right now. That's harrys.com slash gardenreport. Trust me, guys, you will not regret it. Uh, we gotta, we gotta get. Yeah, the coming right for us. So let's moving. let's do part two of the guard report it. here. Let's talk about the part stars two. in this one before we talk about the playoffs. Okay. First off, Isaiah Thomas, new Celtics franchise Superstar. record with his 223rd three-point shot. He passes Antoine it's Walker in that. Well, let's not forget. Or forget. Antoine Walker, when he hit 222 three-pointers in 2002, that was an unbelievably infamous season. It was on 1,000 one attempts. The, it was one of the worst <laughs> shot selections. You know what? I kind of believe that, honestly. <laughs> I kind of believe that. Isaiah, however, is having one of the greatest scoring right. seasons in the history of, right. of the Celtics. Completely so different. let's acknowledge that difference there. Uh, he was good. He was very good. He was a plus. Was it plus 16? Yes. Uh, team high tonight. If we're t- Just real quick, if we're going to compare Walker to Isaiah, what's better, the shimmy or the what time is it? The Walker... Wiggle, I, should say. No, I think it's better as being really tiny and flexing. That's my favorite <laughs> okay. one. Because he uh, like flexes, but it's like my answer it's like is Walker Wiggle. Up. That one's gonna be that's retiring it's number one all time for me. But um, anyway, sorry to go off top of there. Just it just hit my hit me in the in the. Okay, brain. we're running out of time we're here, so let's hear so some analysis. Let's reel it in. What was the question? The question <laughs> is. Okay, I'll just take it from here. So, Isaiah Thomas had a great shooting night tonight, and it was amazing to see the difference, something that Brad Stevens addressed a little after the game. Yes. So, when when Thomas went out with about three minutes or so left in the third quarter, came back in around the seven-minute mark or so, the Bucks went on a big run. I think it was about 14-8. to eight. And then when he came back in, the Celtics went on a run that was that flipped it on its head, and it was like right. – I had this in my notes, but it was like 14 to 3 or something like that. And they they tied the game up on a Marcus Smart shot. And um, Isaiah, he just immediately turns it around. But when he is not in there, they can't figure out how to score. Steven right. said, 
I'm not concerned, or shh, don't point it out, but we're going to have to make some small tweaks. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been looking at lineup combinations, and I haven't seen a small tweak that works except for keeping Horford out there. And they're they're really rotating Horford uh, in, like, short stints here. We didn't even see Horford come in until, like, the three-and-a-half-minute mark sure. in the fourth quarter. Amir came in with that IT and D lineup, and then Horford came in to replace him at the end there. I think there's one solution to the problem. Gerald Green. <laughs> Sorry, two solutions to the problem. Uh, one is Gerald Green, which scores in bunches, we all know. Two is keep Isaiah Thomas in the game longer, and I think that's what's going to end up happening in the playoffs. Yeah. Brad Stevens is going to mess around with, you know, sitting him on the bench for six minutes in the fourth. He's got to play. He wants to play. He can play 40 minutes a game. I mean, he could play 40 minutes a game. He wouldn't complain about it. I see no signs of fatigue from him out there whenever I watch him play. I mean, I know he's running around like a maniac, and maybe he's just not showing it because he's, you know, Isaiah Thomas, but... Um, I think once the playoffs roll around, you're going to see Brad Stevens lean on somebody like Isaiah Thomas a little bit more and not let a lead slip away or not let the opponent sort of build a big lead in that fourth quarter because, like you said, I mean, sometimes it just gets stagnant with them out there. The ball stops going in the basket, and he's going to have to notice it a lot sooner. And we all know that he's going to get blitzed like crazy in the yeah. first round, if not the second round especially. That's the, other problem. There, That's the other problem. They're going to have to figure a way up. around that. Guys, just at the end of the day, they have to step up, whether it's Bradley, whether it's Smart, whether Crowder. it's Crowder, Hal Horford. Uh, he's going to have to Hal Horford's going to have to be a little more aggressive with his shot selection. Um, that's just Those are things that are just going to have to happen. And Okay, so very quickly on Horford. Obviously, we understand he's the non-stats all-star and all that stuff. I am a proponent of that more yep. than everybody. Me but too. we know that he can't be taking eight field goals per game. They need him to be more of a shooter. Right. He needs to be more of a threat. He needs to be able to utilize his skills to be a little bit more aggressive trying to shoot the ball. So a lot of plays in the high post where he could attack the rim. He makes the right play, but sometimes making the right play isn't as important as making the best potential play sure. you can. Right. He has to balance making that pass, making that right pass to the open guy or saying, I think I can score here. You know, yeah, there's a guy there's a guy on me, but I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a move or I'm going to make something happen. Some guys just have to make something out of nothing. And I feel like he's not probably not doing that enough as maybe he could. Again, that's something that he's going to have to think about adjusting and taking it up to that next level in the playoffs. But, you know, right now these guys are really trying to hammer down their sets, really work their system. There was a play where Isaiah had, like, a floater where he drew a foul in the first quarter, and he was, like, apologizing to Al and Jay and trying to go over with them. <laughs> and they were like, I don't – it kind of looked like he wasn't supposed to take that shot. I, I think he was supposed to go back around and do a DHO with Horford, and he just went straight for the shot, which obviously it's good that you – obviously you got to improvise and take a shot, shoot your shot when you get it. But they're really focused on trying to make sure that they have plays in the playoffs that they haven't really used very often. The team, you know, teams know when they run a DHO one way, they're going to flare Isaiah Avery to the corner, and they're going to build off of that. We've seen that stuff a hundred times. We know that stuff. They're trying to kind of throw some new stuff out there. So when they get to the second round and they face the you know the Wizards or the Raptors or the Bucks maybe again or whomever Yeesh. they face, they're going to have something new that that team has never seen before. Now, very very quickly because we literally are about to get ripped out of here. Giannis I'm nervous. Kunko, I'm actually nervous. So wow, Attentacumpo, he was Greek, he was freak, and he was long as hell tonight. Yes. A few shots where I thought he probably should have gone for the hoop a little bit more instead of passing the ball. But otherwise, what did you think getting to see him in this joyous occasion? Giannis, you know, once or twice I, was telling, um, I was telling Pina, our boy Pina, it's like him and Embiid, two guys that you just got to pay to see, you know, because you really don't see. I mean, we, really, we don't pay. but No, we don't pay, yeah. but 
you know, the peasants out there. I have would, to though. Yeah. I would. No, I'm saying I would pay to see. You know, there's not a lot of games where I would pay to see. I'm spoiled. I've seen them all. But I would actually pay to see Embiid. I'd pay to see Giannis because those guys, they're just freaks of nature. I mean, they can just score from all over. I mean, the dunks that we saw out of Embiid when he was here, the shot from the shot, the three-pointer from Giannis, and just him, the way he gets to the lane. He's an athletic specimen. We all know this. The Bucks are a very good team. I have to say, having not seen them much of them at all this season, I kind of, I think, underrated them a little bit. But reading up on them before the game today and watching them play tonight, they're a team, they're a team not to be messed with. And I think whoever ends up with them in the first round, if it's the Wizards, look out. I mean, who knows what could happen? This could be an upset special. It could be the Raptors, too. I mean, they could move up to that five. Because they're – actually, did they move up? They might have moved up, actually, because they were tied with uh, yeah. Atlanta, I believe. Yeah. I had yep. to double-check the standings. However, the Bucks are very, very goddamn good. Bucks and if are they good. had Javari Parker still, they would be – they would be competitive Better. with anybody, really. They yeah, have so no. much talent. They're putting it together. And Brogdon has really changed that team Brogdon, around. Brogdon, Middleton. Don't sleep on Middleton. Everyone does. Everyone does. Was Middleton, asked about that today after Middleton the game. stepped in. Middleton returned from his injury the same day that Parker went down. And they're 18-6, and 19-6, and six, I think, 19 since, since that. And, yeah. I mean, they're... They're winning without him. So. Oh, I'm not sleeping. I got a piece coming Wake soon. Wake up. I got a piece coming soon. I ta- I interviewed Brogdon. I interviewed uh, I interviewed Middleton. I got okay. to talk to Giannis. So we got some good play- people We're on gonna that be, one. We're going to be interviewing these guys I soon. Know, right? we don't okay, get so we'll up, do so. it. Uh, that'll do it for us. A long, <laughs> late edition of the Garden Report. We will see you Friday when they play the Orlando Magic, which should be a well, relatively boring game. Uh, so Ooh. that'll do it for us. We'll Jimmy, see. Jared, Jeremy behind the camera, SeatGeek, use the promo code Garden Report. We will see you next time on this show. The Garden Report post game on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Jimmy Toscano here from the Garden Report, coming to you just after a huge sit here at the TD Garden. This place was absolutely rocking, and you can expect to hear and see that the rest of the way from the regular season on into the playoffs. My question to you do you want to be a part of that? Because if so, listen up. As the playoff push heats up, SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, maybe a little Isaiah Thomas three-pointer, a little Jay Crowder put-back dunk, who knows, it could be anything. SeatGeek will be there to get you closer to the action for a great value. I got the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. And I actually did just use SeatGeek recently to buy some tickets, not to the Celtics, but to the other team who plays here in the TD Garden, the Boston Bruins. Switch it up a little bit. I don't need to buy Celtics tickets, folks. Remember that. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. Saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, as we mentioned, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with complete confidence. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. I know my guy Jared Weiss recently used it to buy some Kanye West tickets. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So now you really got to listen. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, first you got to do is download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter this promo code, Garden Report. 
Easy enough, right? Garden Report. One word, Garden Report. Also known as the best Celtics postgame show ever created. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code GARDENREPORT and we will see you inside the TD Garden. Man, very composed. I, I think it was the first play where the ball went in the backcourt and you had to run back and get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, then, and then that kind of started the whole sequence. Uh, you know, just trying to be aggressive. Uh, my coach, uh, my teammates didn't trust me. Um, and, you know, that, the pick and roll, the high pick and roll was working. Um, and, uh, you know, I was able to make some good decisions in the stretch. I think you found Giannis on that one with the bounce pass, yep. right? Uh, you know, and then he found you on the floater. Yep. So you guys were playing well off that pick and roll. For sure, for sure. Uh, Moose, too. Moose he was setting really good screens at the top. So, uh, you know, you can't forget that. Got to give credit where it's still. Yeah, he had one, too. Exactly. What? How big is the win for this for you guys uh, coming here, they had just taken the top seed. Uh, huge. Uh, you know, it's huge for us to continue our stretch, to continue playing high-level basketball, but it's huge to do it against this caliber team at their home. So um, it's a huge boost in confidence. Uh, it's a, but it's about, you know, uh, continuing to play like this and, uh, you know, not being content. I wondered how you had that energy after you chased Isaiah down the whole night. Now that's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's one of the best in the league. Um, he's proven that over and over. And, you know, the fourth quarter is usually his time so uh, for as a defender you got to step up your game a little bit step up your intensity and then you know we tried to make him work as much as possible when he was on defense so he wouldn't have as much offense and I think it, I think it you know paid off it's hard to rest I was gonna say it's hard to rest uh, when he's in the game right because he's just he's darting everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's constantly moving um, and everything is really set up for him, so he's he's aggressive. So it's and he's and he's really good. He can shoot it. He does everything at a high level. So it's, he's tough to guard. You gotta. Yeah, we were living with the layup, living with the twos. He was making wanted to get him up the three. And Musa, uh, there was a big play where he kind of deflected that, so they got really no good look. Yeah, yep. Um, you know, big play coming down the stretch. Those are the plays that people forget, uh, but those are the really the the plays of the game. I do. Uh, you know, Giannis is our is our leader. Um, Chris and Moose are, are also our leaders, and we we follow their lead. So um, I think Coach Kidd has done a terrific job being patient while we've been in our lows, while we while we weren't having good stretches. And uh, you know, he, he's coached us really well to get to this point. I think he deserves credit. But you know, those three guys I just named. They, They've been good leaders for us, and they're so unselfish. You know, the night the ball was in my hands at the end of the game, it's, it's, it takes a lot of, uh, you know, character and, and wanting to win more than anything to have it in a rookie's hands at the end of the game. So, you know, credit goes to them. Uh, yeah, so uh, he recruited me when he was at Butler. Uh, I knew he was a terrific coach. Problem was I didn't know how long he was going to be there for. So, uh, you know, that was, that was really one of my deciding factors why I didn't go to Butler. And, uh, you know, a year or two later, he left for the NBA. So it was a, I think it was a good decision. <laughs> you mentioned you don't play like a rookie afterward. Like, do you feel you're more mature than your average rookie? Uh, yeah, I think I think college has helped me. Um, being, playing four years of college, uh, you learn a lot. You learn more about yourself than anything, and you know you have an identity to, to lean and a, found, a strong foundation coming into the NBA. What is uh, Chris Melton giving you guys in general since he's been back? Uh, he's super calming presence. He's a finisher. He's usually a finisher at the end of games. 
and uh, you know he's a leader on the floor. Um, he's, he's a he's a really good defender, um, and you know he leads by example. So I think overall he's been huge for us. He's definitely been a big piece to us turning the season around. Jay, what did you see on that final sequence? On our final sequence. Mm -hmm. Oh, that deflected the ball on the inbound play. I don't know if we, we had a guy open, but it deflected it and screwed up our play. And then Malcolm Brogdon hitting the winner. That's a tough shot. Avery was all over. I'm very unfortunate, but he had probably, he had got downhill a few times before. I guess uh, gained a little confidence and made a shot. Tough shot. How rare is it to see a rookie? He scored or assisted on the final 10 points in crunch time, made some pretty difficult shots. How rare is it to see a rookie do that? Well, I think he's special. He's a good player. Uh, he has a great size on him. Uh, he's great. He's very smart, uh, very savvy. So I think he's a good player. He made a good play tonight. Well, is this the type of game toward the end of you guys need to just kind of test yourself a little bit in a playoff-type atmosphere, a physical team, a team you might see down the road? I mean, yeah, it was a good, tough game. Those guys came out and hit us in the mouth early. Uh, we fought back. was able to put ourselves in position to win the game. Came up a little short, but it was a good game, good tough game. A good test for us. You guys are going through a tough stretch of turnovers, probably about five games now. Is that something that just has to be tightened up? Or oh, for sure. And we're aware of it. We talked about it. talked about it at practice yesterday. Um, and I think we have to get better at it, no, no doubt about it. And, um, We'll go back to practice tomorrow and watch watch over probably watch over the turnovers for sure. Um, knowing Brad, but it's for sure it's for sure something we got to get better at. What can you guys do to prevent the offense from sputtering a little bit, either when Isaiah's out or when he's not necessarily scoring? Uh, run our stuff. I mean, we got good actions and we get any shot we want to when we uh, run our stuff. So uh, stick to whatever coaches draw draw up and make the right play, make the right read.